Hi, I'm Minister Greg, and welcome to this special episode of our podcast. It's an interview from our series entitled For All My Brothers, where I share my conversations with men of God who are making a difference in their local church and in our community. So whether at home or at work or even on the road, I pray that this message will encourage and equip you for God's good success in your everyday life. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) and I just felt like, okay, you know, that Greg would be so, so good with these young men, and to me too, and um, it's been a blessing to have you there to sit in that circle and to uh, lead these young men and um, to um, talk to them and just to feel the respect that they feel back to you. And talking about the A&T College guys, um, that happened, I, I was serving dinner to the homeless um, one night at um, First Presbyterian Church. And while, there, while I was there, there was about six young men uh, serving dinner also. And I asked them, so guys, where do, what do you, how'd you learn about this? What, what brought you here? And they, they said, well, we belong, we belong to an organization at North Carolina A&T University called Young Black leadership alliance and what they do they they, they're very active in the community they um, have projects that they work on they uh, work on social issues and i said can i get your contact information and maybe could introduce you to something that's going on at our church i think would be wonderful and um so two weeks later we had three of them come over to the church and some of the adults in the church um we got into a meeting room and talked about, you know, what what we uh, were doing with the young guys and um, asked them would they like to be a part of that, and they jumped on it, and that's how it got started, and um, a blessing from God. I mean, these these college guys are, you know, I, I tell them, and I'm sure you tell them too, Greg, that, hey, you're college guys. You could be anywhere tonight on Thursday. You could be any place. You're college guys. You could be out dating. You could be out doing whatever. But you come to this church on Thursday night at 6 o'clock, every Thursday night, to be with these young guys. And that I will never forget. You know, I just think about that. But they, Go ahead, Mike. They're just so, so positive. And, um, you know, you know, it leads with basketball, then it turns into a person that might not have, you know, the best skills of basketball, but it turns into building that person up while in basketball. And then when we have our circle time, you know, it's a chance for these college guys to challenge uh, these young guys and say, hey, you know, I've been there. You know, this is, this is what we need to do. And, you know, how can I help you on your schoolwork? You know, I'm here to you do that and how can I help you do that so um, again they could be anywhere on the Thursday night but they choose to be there and and that says a lot about those guys and they they want to be there and they run and play basketball with them so they're getting something out of it too but and you're right I love the circling up and I love the way they avail themselves to the young men and say hey you, you got all these math majors in here you should you you're not gonna have any problems in math and and I think too it's 
it is building self-esteem. They're becoming more vocal. The, the, yeah. the young men are becoming more vocal. They're yeah. speaking up more um, because it, it, men are, are natural leaders. Mm-hmm. And they're not dominators, but they're leaders. And they yeah. walk to the forefront. And, and leaders know they have that balance. They know yeah. when to say some things and when not to say some things. And mentoring helps. Um, a good leader is not generally led by his emotions. And that's some of the things that we, you know, we've talked to the guys about that before, yeah. Um, yeah. about um, not, you know, not firing off just the way you feel, settle down, think about it, pray about it, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so Michael, question, another question for you is what has been some of your challenges for mentoring young men? Well, I, you know, I think about um, challenges that, you know, that I think about often um, after uh, we have our Thursday night meetings. And uh, I, I, the challenges of what can I do t- in our community to bother, further what's going on with these young guys. And one, one of the things I think about, Greg, and you probably uh, know this too, is we, we go back to when we invite one of the young guys to open us with prayer. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you know, God, thank you for a safe day. God, keep us safe here tonight. And, and also, we, we pray when we um, are finished with our night on Thursday night. One of the guys leads us in prayer. God, keep us safe tomorrow. Please, um, we thank you for a safe night at the church. Keep us safe here. That's, that's challenging to me. Um, to understand what these young guys are faced in, in, in their lives, either in their communities or their neighborhoods or even at school or in, and also in their, in their homes. And um, that's, that's a challenge to me, not just to say, Mike, what, what, how, are we, how are we gonna make this better? I mean, as a community of Greensboro, how can we make this better? And uh, so that that's what I feel, and I pray for these guys, and um, try you know understand you know try to understand what they are feeling. And um, God, thank you for a safe day, you know. And yeah. and, and you you're right, Mike, because I can remember so many of hearing so many of the different guys pray that prayer, and you and we take for granted sometimes. Um, safe. Well, you got guys that just want to be safe. Yeah. We want all these other things, and and you got this this young man who just wants to live to see another day. So, yes. uh, and and being in that, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Mike, um, uh, is this something that challenges? Is that what helps you be consistent in in reaching out to these guys? It is, and um, you know, and again, it's, it's the relationships. When I when I when I lead the church with the church bus uh, Thursday to go around the neighborhoods and start picking up these young guys, I am glad to see them. I mean, I, you know, you know, some of them text me through the week just to say, Mr. Mike, um, how are you doing? You know, everything's okay. And but just to reestablish those relationships and um, getting to see them again and. Um, you know, Greg, too, when we, when we get to the church and we all get there together and just to see the relationships that they, it's a lot of hugging with the, 
college guys and with us guys and um, you know it in that makes me feel okay yeah this is what we're going to continue to do and uh, our church continues to say yes we're going to keep keep doing this and um, so smiles on faces on a Thursday night is is good stuff <laughs> it's good stuff man and and I'll add this disclaimer here this was pre-COVID when we were hugging and high-fiving so um, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we haven't been able to do it lately and we do miss it because these these guys are really special um mm -hmm. so so Mike I, and you and I know this but for the sake of our interview here what has been the response from the parents and caretakers of this young of these young men mm -hmm. um you know I, I um I, I try to set up meetings with the parents um at the beginning of every year just to say okay just to just to make sure you understand uh what's going on on thursday night because they they need to know that they need to know that number one we're we're in a church you know i'm not gonna we're not gonna preach to them and you know and but we are gonna say you know we're gonna have time for prayer and we're gonna have time for discussions and we'll have time for basketball and we we have you know we have a one-page guideline and the parents must read that and understand that the students the eighth graders the 12th graders understand that that we do have certain guidelines you know we're just not going to take bullying uh, we're not going to take um, other things like that and so those conversations need to be had and um you know not, and i have other conversations before you know with with the parents about um your your young man is such a good man, you know, this is what happened tonight. And I just want you to know what your young man said during our circle time. You know? And I don't want to break confidentiality, but I just think you need to know uh, what's, what's coming from your, your, from your child. And, and um, at my church, I was doing a, uh, working with the teen ministry. And that was one of the highlights of not just loving the children and developing relationships with them, but, and my wife and I always talk about this, when back when we could go out to eat and, and didn't have to worry about social distancing and things, uh, when somebody gave us good service, we, we would call, my wife would call the, tell that person, that server, I'd like to see your manager. And they think, oh, what did I do wrong? And, and they would come over to the table and she said, we just want you to know that this person provided excellent service. And her mm. thing was, you always hear about the bad, but you never mm -hmm. hear about the good. And I right. think it's important for parents to know when their kids are doing good because we're quick mm -hmm. to pick up a phone or send them an email or shoot them a text when they're cutting up. But right. it's good to let the parents know, or the guardians or caretakers know that, hey, he led prayer today and he volunteered to do it. We're excited about his growth. Uh, and I've seen you do that. I, I know you've talked to some of the, I know some of the young men are living with their grandmother and you've talk to them and encourage them. They've even reached out to you and told you that this program is saving their life. I mean, you, how much more powerful can you get out of something to hear a report like that, that it's, it's this young man believes it's saving his life? Well, you know, this, this young man that you're talking about, um, he, he has some challenges uh, with, with speech impairment and um, uh, he's he's a little he's very quiet and and uh, his self esteem was not where you know he, he was just struggling with it and um, 
and but to hear you know just what you said that his grandmother said this is this is important to him and during the covid um thing that we're going through now uh, about four weeks ago I, I got a text message from this young man saying mr mike i, I need the church there's any way that get back in the church on Thursday night. I said, I am so sorry right now. If there's anything I can do, you know, in the meantime, you know, you, you need to let me know and, you know, and, and so we can work with that. But to say to him, you know, this, this young man was struggling with self-esteem and, you know, he reached out, Mr. Mike, I need the church. What, what can we, you know, can we get back in the church on Thursday night? So. And he, and he need the camaraderie. He needed the, mm-hmm. he needed that embrace. He needed yeah. to be in a safe place where he knew he could just be himself. Nobody was going to try to make him be something other than who he was, and he felt comfortable there. Going to have some structure, going to have some yeah. guidelines. You're not, like you yeah. said earlier, you're not going to be able to come in here and run the place. But and, and that's what I found out too, Mike, is when you have structure, when you have boundaries, and kids still come on their own, that means they, they have adapted to it. Mm-hmm. That they, when they don't think they can take over, you know how it is. If, if a kid comes in and thinks he can take over and finds out he can't, he stops coming because his goal in being there is to try to take over. But if his goal in there is to fit in and be a part, then he's going to go and follow the flow of whatever's set up for that program. Right. So, uh, Mike, I want to read this to you. Is According to Mentor, a national mentoring pro partnership, it says children at risk who had a mentor were, and these are some of the stats, 55% more likely to enroll in college, 52% less likely to skip school, 37% more likely, to, less likely to skip class, 78% more likely to volunteer regularly, 90% interested in becoming a mentor themselves, 130% more likely to hold leadership positions youth who had a mentor also showed a better attitude towards school. So if you know somebody that's trying to start a, they hear all this, they hear what we're saying, and they say, hey, I need to do that in my community. I need to do that in my church. What advice would you give to somebody trying to start or join a mentoring group? Well, the first thing I would say is to, to have structure, to have uh, to have guidelines, but also to make it as simple as possible. Mm. Say that we're not going to come and have this to an, be an extent. You know, and educational mentoring is wonderful, but you know, for our mentoring group, we just try to say, okay, this is what you know. This is we're going to gather on Thursday night, and this is our um, situation, and we're not going to come in and pound, pound, pound. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna learn about each other. We're gonna learn um, how to um, to question each other sometimes. Um, But the thing I would say, just make it as simple as you possible, but have structure at the same time. And one of the most important things I would say that works for our group, and it's gonna, in some situations, um, it's gonna be needed in other mentoring opportunities too, is to be able to provide the transportation. Mm. And because mom, uh, sometimes, you know, mother or children have so many things going on with um, caretaking of other children. Right. And, and, and just to be honest, in situations, mom is trying to think about, okay, do I spend the money for gasoline trying to get my 
young kid to the church on Thursday night, or do I provide food for my family? So transportation is a big part of um, trying to make it work, in my opinion. Um, our church has um, been gracious to say, okay, whatever you need on Thursday night, we have a church bus, we have a church van. Take whatever you need to, to be able to get these kids picked up safely and, and back to the church and back home. And um, got rules on the, on the bus too. Um, gotta have, you got you to be buckled in if you're going to ride with us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what you said is important, Mike, because I, and I guess we, we don't look at the transportation aspect of it is that um, a lot of times you're dealing with at-risk youth and and not just your program but mentoring as a whole and that can be a struggle that that getting there getting to that program can be a challenge so it's something the transportation is definitely something to consider if you want to start this this type of program mm -hmm. so mike let's end this thing on a good note man and i know you got one and i know you probably got two but share with us a testimony or two of young men who have had good success in coming out of the Guilford Park Guys program? Well, one, one comes to mind uh, very quickly. Um, June, in 2016, one of our um, high school guys who was at Page High School came to me and he said, Mr. Mike, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a different path to get where I need to be. And this was a young man that um, was homeless with his family. He slept on couch to couch, wow. shelter to shelter, um just you know it was just tough and he said I'm, I'm taking a different path and so we we you know we kept talking and talking and finally he came up and after many discussions and he said after graduation um i'm going to enlist in the u.s navy i said okay he said you know for to, to make me a better person and also to make think about educational opportunities after my service time in the uh, u.s navy and so he goes on his basic training and he does well so i get a text message from him uh, after he completed his basic training and he said mr mike at this moment i'm i'm on an airplane in chicago and i'm flying to washington dc to start my training as a u.s ceremonial guard in the u.s navy and what an honor that is you know i'm talking about including you know, dignitaries and, you know, politicians and being at Arlington uh, Cemetery um, as they um, are honored and, um, and he did great. And one of the things that I would never forget is when President Bush passed away. And again, he texted me when he was on a military aircraft flying from Washington to Houston. And he was gonna be, he, his duty was to be standing over President Bush's casket wow. church in the church in Houston. And so he stood over that casket for 10 hours during a ship. So Greg, I go back to thinking about where he was standing four years ago before, you know, from shelter to shelter to shelter. And then think about where he was standing for that 10 hours that night. And thank you, God, just thank you, you know? and. Um, Another guy I think about was, again, he was at Partnership Village and his family was in uh, homelessness and um, living in transitional housing. Um, great, 
great basketball player, but he never got a chance to play in high school because of his situation, you know, moving from place to place to place. Right. And I, I was very fortunate that I had some friends that said, Mike, anything you need about this, let me know. So I took him to Coach Kershevsky's basketball camp at University, and um, and we we would leave Partnership Village at 7:30 every morning to be in Duke, to be at Duke every morning by 9:15. Wow! And that was that was six days during that week, and we didn't get back to Greensboro until like 11:30 at night. Oh. People ask me, Michael, how how could you do that? Well. Because that, that kid, he was having a great time. And so, you know, he, he, met, he met people that, you know, that were, were blessed and had so much going on. But he made friends with those guys. And they, they did not know my young man was homeless. They did not know. And my, my young man didn't know that they were blessed with money and prestige and parental support. Uh, but they got to be best friends and so but you know i i i would stay up in the up in the stands way away and watching him as he went through his week at Duke, uh except one time and that's when he was in a scrimmage game and coach krzyzewski and all of his assistants were under the goal watching uh Oh, we stopped. Um, you know, assistance about look at this guy. Look at this guy. And so, um, I was I was being a good guy all the week about sitting up in the stands and leaving. <laughs> that time, I went down. I went running down there. I said, Demonte. Do you realize just what happened to you? I said, the greatest coach in the world. I'm sorry, Greg. I know where you're. Where you're. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I said, do you, you realize just what happened to you? I said, the greatest coach in the world. You know, he's an Olympic coach. He's done all this. He singled you out and for what you did on the basketball court today. And he said, you know, Mr. Mike, I was so nervous. I, I saw him and I knew kind of what it was up. He said it was good. but. To add to that, three years later, um, I got together with him, with him over lunch, and um, we were talking. And he said, you know, Mr. Mike, I just want to be honest with you. And I said, well, what's up? He said, that week at Duke was by far the best week of my life. And so that's why we, we meet on Thursday night. That's why we come together. And um, that's why I look forward to being with these young guys and to, just to be with them. And, so, you know, the relationships, they last, you know. Um, they do. That's right. My wife and I, had, we had three of the alumni to come over to our house for dinner uh, last Christmas. And um, just, we had a wonderful time. But, but the main thing for me is just to be, just to sit in the same room with those three guys and listen to the conversations, all in college, all in college, mm. the conversations that they, they were caring about and, you know, and I just said, you know, just thank you, God. Just thank you for letting me be here, you know, so. And, now, and I can tell you, um, and as I get a chance to to be there, um, before once again, before COVID, and as you graciously invited me, man, and the guys, uh, the other guys just welcomed me in. 
and it is it's tremendous. Um, it's it's just it, it, the way that they respond to the group and just and it's it's nothing flashy and it's not flamboyant. It's just guys playing basketball and talking about life. And mm -hmm. and that might sound trivial to some people, but that's where you learn. That's where some guys learn. I learned a lot. Um, my and where I lived, there was a basketball court behind the, the park was behind our house. Yeah, I jump a fence in our yard, you get to the park. And that's where we learned about things. Is we all we had our peer group sessions at the basketball court. You're down mm -hmm. there shooting around and you're just talking about life. You're talking about dating. You're talking about grades. You're talking about jobs. You're talking about all that stuff. That, and that's how you're learning and, and growing. So um, mentoring is very powerful. It's very necessary because mm -hmm. of the lack of, of fatherhood, for lack of a better term. Um, mentoring is, is very important. And it's important to get as, as the description said, someone with vast knowledge teaching somebody who wants to learn. That's what mm -hmm. mentoring is all about. Because if you don't have the two, it's not really going to work. And mm -hmm. you don't have to be worldly knowledgeable. But even if you just know what's going on in your community and you just want to help a kid, like you said, down the right path. Amen. And, um, I just thank God for letting me be a part of these young guys and um, not only with the young guys, but the college guys and you, Greg, and, and the guys from the church that come and uh, be with them. And um, yeah, thanks to God. So, so Mike, can, can anybody, if someone watches this and they say, hey, I want to see what's going on over there at Guilford Park, uh, is, is anybody able to come and, and be a part of the mentoring group? Yep, absolutely. Um, we just, you're always welcome. Um, again, you know, once COVID um, is out of here, uh, Thursday nights from six to eight, and uh, we would welcome anybody that would learn, like to come and be a part of the group, not only to learn about the group, but um, just be a part of the group, you know. Um, that's what community is about. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, unfortunately, our time is up. Thanks to my friend, Mike Sasser. Mike, always good to talk with you, and I appreciate you doing this with us. Thank you for sharing the information that you have. It's going to be a blessing. I know it is. Um, Mike, again, uh, what you're doing is tremendous. And you take care, my friend. And thank you again for your time. And, and you know, we love you, man. And, and just, just keep doing what you're doing. Well, Greg, thank you. Love you, too. And thank you for being part of our group. It's, uh, it's a blessing. All it's a right. Blessing. Well, that's it, guys. From all my brothers, we've been talking about men and mentoring. With my guest, Mike Sasser, I want you to have a good day, my friend. And we, you and I will talk real soon. As a matter of fact, I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Be blessed. You too, Mike. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you again for listening today. If you have a question or comment, write to us at ktwm 96 at yahoo.com that's ktwm96 at yahoo.com and please click the subscribe button to be notified of our new podcast episodes you can also like comment and share on the knowing the way ministries facebook and instagram pages we would love to hear from you so my friends until next time may god bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you 
May he grant you favor and give you peace in Jesus' name. And remember this, you are